Everybody, welcome back to another edition of Rapid Recap here at Inside Nebraska. With me for these, as always, is Greg Smith, our recruiting content extraordinaire, if I can use that uh, label that he usually bestows on Jansen Coburn for their excellent recruiting blitz episodes, which uh, um, before we get into things, you can check that out on uh, the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Um, those come out weekly with with Greg and Jansen running through the latest in Nebraska recruiting. You can also check out Black Shirt Breakdown, where our, uh, our staff writer, Steve Marek, and former Husker Blackshirt, Jay Foreman, break down each Nebraska game on Tuesday of each week. Uh, and you can like this video, subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel to get all of those videos and press conference video and more dropped directly into your feed. But uh, Greg, for this edition, wrap recap, uh, um, sort of assessing, looking back at, at Rule and his lightning round press conference on Thursday. Um, as usual, he spoke for about 11, 10, 11, 12 minutes, but uh, some injury updates that uh, that came out from for four impact impact players. Yeah, as we definitely, you know, he wants to it's tough because Nebraska, as we know, is the walking wounded. So <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on with that. But the big four uh, that we heard about Marquise Buford, um, who was actually where he's on his way back. Rule did not say whether or not like how many plays he would play uh, this weekend against Michigan State. But he has the chance to be out there um, and contribute to Sean Singleton. He tried to go in practice and it did not go as well as they hoped, according to Matt Rule. And so he's still out for an extended amount of time. Um, Billy Kemp, he said, is kind of make it make it miraculous um, progress. Um, and he's actually going to travel. Billy Kemp is going to travel to the Michigan State game. He says, how about that? Said, That's insane to me. Like, I, I'm shocked. Um, but I good mean, for he, Billy. He came out of the injury tent when he went down against Northwestern. He had tears in his eyes. Uh, sideline yeah. reporter um, reported that uh, her name's escaping me now. But um, uh, he had tears in his eyes. His parents were there. He's hugging them. So it's like, OK, yeah. well, that like just seeing that hearing that it's like well billy kemp is probably done for the year at least that's how it's trending so for him to have avoided a long-term injury and to um to miss one game probably going to miss the michigan state game but yeah probably he said that he might yeah matt said that he metro said that he might be able to go but like he at the very least is going to get treatment right and so and that's good um that he'll be with the team and and doing that and then the the final one to touch on uh nuri newelli um still continues to progress um he's not going to go this week um but he still continues to progress as well yeah and singleton so on on defense you have that dichotomy of to uh, a former starting safety from last year in Buford and then starting safety was a breakout defensive player on uh, for the black shirts and singleton who are both sort of trending in different directions right now. Mm-hmm. And um, with, uh, with singleton's not, not uh, making as much progress as you would hope. And Buford is coming right along, like oh, pretty much as planned. Like that was, that's been the plan rule has said from the start. He said it multiple times since like our plan with Marquise is we're going to bring him along slowly and cautiously as possible and the hope and the plan is to use him in that four game window the last four games of the season mm. and uh that's that's lining up right now with uh with what's with what's looks like it's going to happen i mean I, I he would probably like you've seen with teddy prohaska earlier this year where they get him in for a few snaps and uh Jaden doss yeah. got him in for I five snaps that. in that illinois game you could just bring him along slowly um and that worked to pretty much perfection just as far as like getting them comfortable and ready to play with with teddy um he was getting on those jumbo packages as an extra tight end or extra lineman 
uh, lined up as an inline tight end and boom, now all of a sudden we need you back. We need you as a starter. And he's, he fit in there um, last game, second game in a row starting on Saturday. And then Doss, same thing, like five snaps here, uh, increased playing time against Northwestern. And then uh, against Purdue, you see an increase in playing time and he gets his first, his second career catch, a 16 yarder and is a crucial catch. So um, the, the plan with those guys went, uh, went really well. I'm curious to see if we see the same with Buford, who um, he's one of those guys. I've, I wrote about it a couple times last week, um, on Monday, and then after Tony White spoke on Tuesday of what he can bring to this defense after, after they've seen him in, in practice sessions more and more and getting more comfortable, getting more physically ready. So, what, Greg, what do you think that, that Buford specifically, uh, what sort of value add could he be to this defense if he comes back? Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. This is a a, a game that you might not like see him a ton, like based on the way that Michigan State plays, right? Like I think that this is more of a game where you you don't want to necessarily throw him out there when he's going to have to be coming downhill and hitting guys a lot. Like it might be better to to like maybe get his feet wet a little bit, maybe on special teams and run around down there um, and just kind of, you know, just be in the, in the action Um, next week might be even better uh, for him with, with the style of play that they have. Uh, But I could see him starting for that Maryland game. Um, But the thing is, and I was, I was thinking about this as you were talking about it. Like it's it's tough with the singleton news about him progressing slower than you wanted, but on Buf- to get Buford back and ramped up is really nice for this defense. Even though, as we have all kind of noted, this defense is playing great ball right now. They had a great month of October, but to get another starting player back. Um, for this kind of stretch run, and especially one that we thought was one of their more dynamic playmakers, right? I, know, I think we all kind of like thought that last year when Marquise Buford was going and when when the lights started to come on for him, that he definitely showed he was one of their more dynamic playmakers. And to add another guy like that into this defense um, would be really nice. And it kind of makes you excited for what they could be to finish off the season, um, adding another guy like that. But I, I think that they'll, I, I, you're, I think you're dead on with kind of the plan that we saw with Teddy Prohaska. Um, and Jaden Doss and others too about just kind of ramping them up and then you'll see them get turned loose later. Yeah. I mean, on one side, it's like, yeah, they're adding an extra piece to a defense. That's already been awesome. It's like, it would be, if you could have it, uh, if you could have it in a, in an ideal world, Marquise Buford would be a, a standout wide receiver instead, <laughs> right, of, uh, instead right. of a standout defensive right. back um, to help that receiving core and those injuries. But I mean, it, it, I, you know, I love comparisons and metaphors and all that. Um, and, to me, like adding, adding a, a starting caliber player to a, a defense that's playing this well and already has obviously starting caliber players uh, mm-hmm. in the secondary who have been playing really well this year, adding another one of those is sort of similar to what like you saw the, the 40, San Francisco 49ers in the NFL doing. They already had an awesome defensive line, but what did they do? They didn't, they didn't sort of settle. They added a key piece in Javon Hargrave in the off season, then chase young during the trade deadline a couple of days ago. So it's like, yeah. all right, if we know our strength on that defense, we're going to add, we're just going to make that strong point even stronger. And it's somewhat similar. I think the, uh, the comparison sort of lines up with, uh, with Buford of, of, uh, he's not going to hurt you. He can only, no. he's only going to help you um, adding him back into the mix. And, um, and we'll see the, the Maryland point, as you were saying that I'm like, yeah, that's a good point with, uh, with the passing offense they have coming in. 
Yeah, and I think too, it's it's not this. It's such an interesting situation because it's not like how do I say this? Like every people are asking about him because they want Buford to be back out there because he's a really good player, um, and people really like him. But it's not as if they are like the play has been bad at his position, and therefore you have to get him back right now. You know what I mean? Kind right. of that that fine line, which is a great position to be in if you're in Nebraska because that then allows you to kind of slowly work him back in yep. because there hasn't been much drop off if any um on that in that back end as guys have been kind of shuffled in and out yeah that's a testament to Phelan Sanford stepping in there oh, yeah. for Deshaun Singleton like yeah Phelan's not uh probably not the same caliber of 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 player he's not the same caliber of athlete he's probably not a future NFL player most likely unless it's a special teams role but he's he's gone in there and and been very good he, he was the people. defensive player of the game uh, <laughs> right. against Illinois he made that he had that uh, forced fumble he had the game or the touchdown saving um tackle on that first drive of the first drive of the game that set up the goal line stand that's now the been the turning point of the Huskers season so right. um there's not much to to complain about there or be upset about because they, they've filled those roles really nicely but uh next thing to hit on from from Matt Rule on on Thursday is uh he shared sort of his philosophy about I mean didn't share he's talked about it before but an update on where the where the team's at with decisions on red on whether to use a red shirt or not use a red shirt on uh, some of the freshmen or the younger guys because uh, again you have the the four game window where you can play out the four games um before uh before making ultimate decision in the regular season i believe like i think if they play if they were to make the conference championship game or bowl game i think that the guys can play whether that be a fifth or sixth game i'm pretty sure it's a four regular season I think so. Like we've been trying to, we were trying to get clarity on that last week and then it kind of slipped back through the cracks. We need to find out because I, Matt rule himself has described it both ways. I feel like at the podium. Um, and so now we're confused by that. And we've had some fan questions about that as well. Um, but there are some decisions. Matt rule said there weren't a lot of guys actually that kind of fit into this kind of decision mode of where they have to make the decision. Jaden Doss, um, I guess is, but isn't because he's going to play because he's had three games um, hovering right there. Uh, Demetrius Bell, another wide receiver at one game he's going to red shirt um and then on the defense there's a couple of interesting ones uh Ethan Nation um who's a guy that man I feel like we heard a lot about Ethan Nation during the fall especially maybe once we saw him out there returning punts and stuff yeah. yeah and after the scrimmage and all of that um but he's at two games and I think he's going to probably red shirt um DeAndre Barnes who's kind of flipped back and forth uh, between wide receiver and defensive back uh Sue Lafutu on the defensive line I think he'll preserve his red shirt just given what has kind of happened um, with that defensive line and how good it's been. Um, but then also uh, walk-on transfer, James Williams, um, sticks or sack man, depending on what your flavor. Steve is very is there. adamant so. that the nickname is sticks. So. Yeah, see, very adamant. Uh, the, the, hey, his teammates said sack man. I go with the teammates. Um, he's at two games. Um, and so we don't know where what they go. Maybe this is a game, though, where James Williams against Michigan State, maybe he doesn't play in this one. And then Mi- Maryland is a game you turn him loose in. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That, that'll that be interesting as well. Um, but I the exciting thing about that in a way is that a lot of those guys are guys that you think have some potential and guys that Matt rule or other coaches have mentioned as having potential that might still get to preserve that red shirt and help the team even more in the future. So when we're talking about them really being contenders potentially for a conference championship, those guys have got extra seasoning and have played more like that's something that you just have to have in the back of your mind uh, moving forward. 
Yeah, and the the last one you mentioned, James Williams, that was something that that rule talked about after the Northwestern game when he got in there for seven snaps, got the sack, and then obviously the James Williams storyline uh, yeah. exploded after that, and then he got in there against Purdue and uh, almost came up with a sack on against Hudson Card. Um, yep. Forced him to throw the ball away, got his hands on him outside the pocket, and uh, rule talked about it twice at uh, the post game after Northwestern and again, um, I believe it was. It was last Thursday. Yeah, because he was talking about um, that. That sort of is the plan. He he said it. He essentially said it that with a guy like James Williams, he's uh, and Kai Wallen, another guy uh, who's at three games or he's at four games. He's played four on defense, three on special teams. Who's a guy who uh, might wind up being a red red shirt this year. But yeah, with James Williams, he said that's sort of the uh, sort of the plan where you bring him in, see what role they can have, develop them, and. yeah, here's the quote. We've got some really good players that are redshirting and developing, and it's going to come to fruition in a pretty cool way. We have James Williams, Kai Wallen, who are two edge players, sometimes the scout team, Sua, Vincent, Carol Jackson. Um, so it sounds like those guys are all uh, sort of in that in that boat of we'll play them, we'll give them some early t- playing time, develop them, and most likely redshirt down the road. Um, but you know what's really what's really neat about that if you're if you're those players. You probably you. It's a lot more likely for you to buy into this whole vision of sometimes, like sometimes you're on scout team, sometimes you're going to play. If the coaching staff actually, it keeps you engaged. But if the coaching staff actually follows through and then puts you in games, so now that that's happened a couple of times with James Williams, obviously he made the plays, but even just getting out there, like that actually shows you, hey, coach is serious. He's actually going to put me out there because I promise you, there's places all over the country where guys are being strung along that they're going to get off scout team and going to get into games, and then it never happens, and then it's oh, little Tommy, I'm sorry, I just it just didn't break the way that it could. Hell, we heard it here over the last few years right um and so to see that actually happen is really interesting and neat and it's and like you said it's another way to keep guys engaged and i think that just goes to show just like kind of what they're building overall um and the way they kind of analyze things and the 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 handle that they have on the pulse of the team i think that's pretty cool yeah coach would put me in we've been state champs no doubt in my mind (laughs) right right i I had this don't yeah, worry, because you want to win, put booby in. Let me spin. <laughs> put, put booby in. <laughs> and he can pass. Oh, what um, a great move. Oh, I am might have to watch that now right after we get yep. uh, done wrapping up here. But uh, then two other guys, actually, I wrote down um, that interest me or just sort of in that that range. Mason Goldman, off uh, lineman, who's played one game this year, but he has underwent surgery, so yeah. um, he's for sure going to be a red shirt. And then Ramir Stewart has played one game, and um, mm-hmm. he's got a couple mentions in press conferences um, I think it was a week or two ago, like a, he just got thrown in there where it's like, oh, I'm not going to jot that down because mm-hmm. uh, anytime someone gets an unprompted mention, it's like, all right, write that down and keep an eye on. And Ramirez, a guy who I think could, uh, has a really bright future. He's going to be really yeah, interested agree. in that, in that secondary coming over from Philadelphia. But uh, last thing before wrapping up here uh, is on Tommy Hill. Um, he, he gets a mention in like every press conference <laughs> at, at where rule, even if he's not asked about the defense and he's just always comes up in general. It's like Christian McCaffrey. It's like a Tommy Hill reference, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then Bill Walsh or Mike Lombardi, Bill Parcells. Like those guys are going on my Matt rule bingo card for a press conference. And I mean, no knock against him. Just uh, that's just an observation that, that mm. uh, he does bring Tommy Hill up, but I think there is a reason for that. And I think, um, he touched on it today, just about about Tommy, like how 
he's just a football player. Like he, I think he relates to this staff so well and this staff relates to him because mm-hmm. like he's, he's a program guy who's, who's willing and, and down to do anything that's asked of him and try to do it well. I mean, you saw him get suspended in the spring and like that, he was already back on the field. Like he probably missed one or maybe two practices. He was already back out there. And um, to me, he's just sort of a prime example of what this coach, this coaching staff is, trying to be all about with laying the foundation and, um, and turning things around in this program. Yeah. He's a testament to like the, the fact that we can coach you hard, but then we're still going to throw our arms around you and love on you as well. If you come out the other side on this, right. If, if you stick with us, if you trust the process, all those kind of cliches, but they're actually true in this case. Um, he's really a testament to that. And honestly, going back to a guy we were just talking about, James Williams is kind of a testament to that. Remember it, it didn't get as much publicity and it kind of slipped under the radar, but James actually mentioned that he wasn't where he needed to be with the things that coach rule was asking him to do early on when he first got here in the summer, late in the summer um, and said, he said, quote, quote, Coach Rule runs a tight ship. And Rule actually came and mentioned that at a press conference, in his next, very next press conference, in case you wonder if Matt Rule is watching the side sessions of his players um, that, that are happening as well, um, which is kind of neat. He said, all I wanted to do wanted him to do was be on time um, and go to class. And so that, <laughs> that was, was really hilarious. interesting. It's like, well, <laughs> really when you put on paper. Moment. When you put yeah, it on paper, that doesn't seem like too much. Doesn't seem that bad. But Tommy Hill is an, is another example of that, probably even more so the fact where he actually had got suspended. But you know, Tommy's come a long way. And if you actually also listen to the other players talk about him, they talk about him the same way. They talk about him. Isaac Gifford has, has mentioned it a couple times where he said, you know, I'm so proud of Tommy and the growth that he's shown. We always knew that he could play and that he was a talented player, but it was just all the uh, some of the other stuff that he had to get figured out. Um, and so yeah, so the, I feel like Tommy Hill is is on the very short list of guys that you know five ten years from now however long we're going to be talking about still as like a OOU guy we're going to see him like coming back to Nebraska and getting an ovation and the coaching staff bringing him to practice to talk to people about what it's like to trust the process like he's well on his way for that yeah he is he seems to be the the this staff's uh that that guy that the first year coaching staff like needs to like be a be a sort of a, a turnaround um example of a of a guy who really turned things around bought into the into the new way of doing things and then can be a a testimonial for um for other guys in the program or for freshmen coming in uh, as uh and i wanted to mention this because it just popped in my mind in the um the fall camp um not gbr rewind that's going off now the uh a a look in a look in the youtube series i mean tommy got a a, a short spotlight for about five minutes or so on one of those episodes. And he was honest about how he came here last year and he was just sort of, um, I, I'll use the word alone, but uh, that's not what I mean, but he, he was just sort of isolated, I guess, I think is the best mm-hmm. is best way that he described it where he was just keeping to himself and just kind of didn't feel really um, didn't totally feel like he was fully, uh, I don't know if about part of the program, but just wasn't um, fully there. And, now you're seeing that turnaround where he is just he relates to the coach coaching staff he's building relationships with his teammates and now now that he's fully healthy he's he's making an impact on the field as as two-way tommy two-way tommy two pick two-way tommy coming off of the purdue game where we saw him make that impact but yeah, like Rule said, and he actually, uh, speaking of red shirts earlier, uh, Tommy Hill was a guy who Rule said yeah that was interesting yeah, yeah totally forgot to mention that that 
Um, Tommy was a guy who they had a conversation of, well, should I redshirt this year? Cause he was banged up and he said, and rule said, there's a game this year. Don't remember which one, uh, rule said he doesn't remember which yeah. one, um, where we had a conversation like, well, we'll just play this game out and see how we go, uh, from there. And boom, now we're here. And now he's become a, a big time impact player for, uh, for the Huskers this year and their success. And, um, I <laughs> love the, another use of the word lion said yep, Tommy Hill's another lion. Tommy Hill's just got the intensity of a lion. It's like, boom, headline, quote it. But, <laughs> there uh, it is. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, who's someone who has an intensity of a lion, Steve Mark, Steve Mark, <laughs> our, our expert football writer, uh, at inside Nebraska. He's, uh, he's going to be traveling out tomorrow for the Nebraska Michigan state game on Saturday, again, 11 AM central time kick on FS one. Um, Steve will be boots on the ground. And I know I say this all the time. Now I want to say it when he's not around. Like, right. He's a, he's a must follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He like, he, with the stats and whatever, uh, multimedia stuff he puts out there during the game and he does it quickly. Um, especially, uh, when he, he cuts up clips of the game plays and like has something that he points out. It's just, he's a must follow on Twitter. So if you're not doing that, head to uh, Twitter, AKA X.com. <laughs> And follow him at Steve underscore Mark. That's Steve underscore M A R I K uh, to to get those tweets dropped directly in your feed. Just like you can get these videos dropped directly in your feed by subscribing to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Encourage you to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and uh, visit InsideNebraska.com for all our written coverage of this weekend's game against Michigan State. And uh, play more, play more semi from that. Greg and Greg and Jansen have recruiting blitz on. Uh, on Monday morning, we'll have plenty more coverage of uh, of Nebraska as they look for win number four in a row. Say it with me. Isn't that crazy, Greg? <laughs> four in a row. Go the drive for four. <laughs> to get to six. Trying for six of the last seven. So <laughs> um, once again, for Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.